The sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Roto Experts Fantasy Football Podcast. Dave can find me on Twitter at DavisMatic. In this episode of the podcast, we are continuing our series of fantasy football teams, going every team in the NFL from a fantasy football perspective. Before we jump into the Denver Broncos in today's episode, I want to remind you guys about our NFL 365 package on RotoExperts.com. For $39.99, you can gain access to the daily Roto powered projections rankings, premium content, ultimate guide to zero RB drafting, ultimate guide to winning draft best ball leagues, customizable cheat sheets, and best ball tools. And you can also get 10% off of that package using the promo code MATTEK, M-A-T-T-E-K. Now let's dive into the Denver Broncos offense. They are led at quarterback by Joe Flacco and second round draft pick Drew Locke. And they have a new head coach in town with Vic Fangio, though I am not expecting the offense to look dramatically different than it has for the last two seasons. To be honest with you, I think that Elway just sort of wanted to kind of press the reset button in terms of what was happening with Vance Joseph and Bill Musgrave, but I think this team is going to go as the quarterback lets them go, and I don't know if they're going to go very far with Joe Flacco at the helm. The way that we have it handicapped right now on rotoexperts.com is we expect about 10 starts for Joe Flacco and six starts for Drew Locke, but I could pretty easily see that going the other way. Way. You know, if Denver is able to compete in a pretty tough division, if they're able to get, you know, maybe an early road win against Kansas City or against Los An- the Los Angeles Chargers, you know, if, if somehow in week eight they're six and two or six and three, you know, some, something like that, I think that there's a decent chance that Flacco could go all 16 games. And certainly it is possible for this team to be competitive. Uh, the defense is pretty good. I do not think Joe Flacco is very good, but you know, whatever. Variance can happen over nine or 10 NFL games. And if this team is even close to sniffing the playoffs, Drew Locke is not going to play. Uh, you you know, Drew Locke, according to reports from Denver Broncos training camp, said it seems more like a guy who's a thrower as opposed to a passer. Some guys on the coaching staff said that uh, he's like a, a baseball pitcher who can throw 98 but has no idea going. I don't think there's a ton of fantasy football conversation to be had around Flacco or Locke. You're not taking you're not taking either one of them in draft best ball leagues. Uh, you're not even really taking them all that often in deep dynasty leagues. I guess they probably have some value in weekly management to quarterback leagues. Like both of them obviously were drafted in the Scott Fishbowl and in that sort of format. But short term, Joe Flacco, you know, back end quarterback two, best case scenario, Drew Locke might not even get a start this year. Kevin Hogan and Brett Ripien are probably competing for that third spot. I would actually say Hogan probably will win the job and then Ripien will get put on the practice squad. But overall, if we're talking from a fantasy football perspective, I don't think that there's much kind that we can say about Joe Flacco. He's, I think, I, I believe the stat is that he's only topped uh, seven yards per attempt like three times in his career. And yeah, it's three times and has not done so since 2014. His yards per attempt in the last four years, 6.8, 6.4, 5.7, and 6.5. So 
you know, he's just not an all-star quarterback. He's not elite. I don't, I don't know what else there is to say. I think the running back situation is much more interesting, especially because as of this morning, it was reported that the recently cut Theo Riddick was in Denver for a visit and took a physical. So I, I actually probably would expect him to sign with Denver at this point. However, I don't think that that's necessarily a nail in the coffin for either Philip Lindsay or Royce Freeman, because I think the most likely scenario is probably that he was signed to fill in for Devontae Booker as opposed to filling in for either Philip Lindsay or Royce Freeman. In fact, the news on both Lindsay and Freeman has been pretty positive throughout the course of the offseason. The Broncos offensive coordinator compared Freeman and Lindsay to Devonta Freeman and Tevin Coleman, and also the word out of Terran Camp has been that Philip Lindsay is getting a lot of opportunities as a pass catcher, and you actually would think of him as more of a pass catching style running back, but he had only 47 targets in 15 games last year. Devontae Booker, meanwhile, had 51 targets in 16 games, but only 34 carries. The way that I'm approaching these guys from fantasy is I'm a little bit more interested in Royce Freeman for a couple pretty obvious reasons. The first is that Freeman has more draft capital draft capital than Philip Lindsay, and I know there are a lot of different reasons that running backs have success, but one of the most consistent variables in predicting success for fantasy football running back, how much draft capital their team spent on them. And also a lot of people probably think that Freeman had a disappointing rookie year, but I wouldn't say it was the worst thing that I've ever seen. So he played in only 14 games. He had 130 rushing attempts and 20 targets for 144 total touches, 4.1 yards per touch, five rushing touchdowns. So Lindsey definitely averaged way more yards per rushing attempt and was better as a pass catcher. And I, I mean, there's nothing wrong with Philip Lindsay. I think he's probably a fine value where he's going in ADP, but I would rather have Royce Freeman simply because he is cheaper. And uh, when looking at offenses that don't project to be great, you would definitely prefer the cheaper running back and Freeman is that guy. And I also think that there's some, uh, there's a little bit of untapped potential with Royce Freeman because he did play in a pretty passing heavy college system at Oregon. So he had uh, 79 receptions over four seasons at Oregon, uh, averaged 5.9 yards per carry and had 64 total touchdowns there. So I, I mean, I think Royce Freeman is still a good prospect. And I think that Lindsey is obviously a good player as well. I would take the over on the stats that Freeman had last year. I would take over 130 carries. I would take over 20 targets. I would take over 593 total yards. I would take over five touchdowns. Whereas with Lindsey, I think 227 touches that he got last year, that's close to a good projection for this year. I think his uh, 1,278 scrimmage yards, close to a good projection. And 10 touchdowns probably is a little bit, uh, that's probably a little bit over. I think I would take the under on 10 total touchdowns for Lindsey. You know, they have three pretty talented wide receivers. They have a rookie tight end that they're going to try and give a little bit of work. But, you know, I think, and if Theo Riddick signs, I would actually say that's probably worse for Lindsey than it is for Freeman because the upside that Lindsey had this year was about him evolving into a pass catching running back. You know, Lindsey is a little bit smaller of a running back. He's listed at 5'8", 
190, whereas Royce Freeman is a little bit more of a traditional running back size. He's six feet tall, 238 pounds. So you would obviously assume that he would be more in the grinding role. But the thing is, is that neither Lindsey nor Freeman was really a great pass catching back last year in terms of efficiency, in terms of yards per target. Uh, Their best running back out of the backfield was a guy that they're probably looking to replace. My guess would be that we've heard these consistent murmurings about Devontae Booker being on, uh, you know, being likely to be cut, not being as involved. So my guess would be is that they probably just don't really want to use Lindsey or Freeman a ton in the passing game and that Riddick is going to be signed to serve in that role and Lindsey and Freeman are more going to be the thunder and lightning, the first and second down, the goal line back. So Riddick, you know, he might only see 30 carries over the course of the year or Booker if he stays in that role might only see 30 carries over the course of the year, but that guy in that role could see 50 to 60 targets and that guy would not be particularly valuable for fantasy football, but he would limit the ceiling for Lindsey or Freeman. What I would say about Lindsey and Freeman is that I think that they definitely have some untapped ceiling potential if that third running back role just never evolves. So let's say Devontae Booker gets cut and Riddick signs, but Riddick only plays 12% of the snaps. Or let's say Booker stays, they don't end up signing Riddick, and he plays 15% of the snaps. You know, I think if that role really becomes marginalized and it's one of Lindsey or Freeman getting 85 to 90% of the running back touches, I think both of them can be sort of running back two flex position guys. For draft best balls and for weekly management leagues, though, I am overall more interested in Freeman because he's cheaper, and I think he offers a little bit of bell cow upside that it just seems that Denver doesn't really want to give Lindsay. You know, last year in what was a breakout season, uh, in fact, if you told me that Philip Lindsay never saw more than 227 touches again in his NFL career, but he just sticks around for seven years as like uh, a 180 touch sort of guy, like maybe he turns into like Jarek McKinnon. I would actually probably buy that just because guys his size generally tend to not be workhorses, though it does happen. I don't want to say that it's impossible that Lindsay would be a workhorse, but overall the feeling on those two guys would be they're fine picks at their ADP, but there's probably a little bit more ceiling relative to ADP for Freeman simply because he has more draft capital. He's a little bit more of a normal sized running back and the team is a little bit more incentivized to use him. But uh, this stuff is obviously pending what they do do with Theoretic, which uh, we will probably find out a little bit more later on, and that will be reflected in the projections on rotoexperts.com, so make sure that you are able to access those projections. Moving on to the wide receivers, I find this group to be overall more interesting than I do the running backs. Theoretically, their 11 personnel wide receivers are Emmanuel Sanders, Cortland Sutton, and Deshaun Hamilton. The issue is that Sanders and Hamilton really do sort of play the same position. Uh, Hamilton was actually better than Cortland Sutton as a rookie, especially once Emmanuel Sanders got injured. Uh, Sutton only had 42 receptions on 82 targets. Meanwhile, Deshaun Hamilton started only five games, but had uh, 45 targets and 30 receptions. He was really bad yards per target wise, but he was basically playing, uh, you know, that that short intermediate slot role, sort of like the Danny Amendola role where his job was to catch the ball and sort of fall 
fall down. But Hamilton did have some pretty productive games once Emmanuel Sanders uh, injured his Achilles. He had nine targets against San Francisco, 12 targets against Cleveland, nine targets against Oakland, and eight targets against the Los Angeles Chargers in those games where uh, where Manny Sanders missed. Meanwhile, Sutton, we sort of spent the whole season waiting for it with Sutton, and you know it just never really happened even once Sanders got injured. Uh, the most targets he had was in that uh, Week 15 game against Oakland. He had 10 targets, 65 yards, and one touchdown. Caught touchdowns in only four games of the season, and only had uh, only had three games with more than three receptions. So Sutton and Hamilton are actually sort of a mirror image of what's going on at the running back situation. They were both rookies last season, and the one with less draft capital actually performed better than the one with more draft capital, but the assumption that we are working on from the outside is that the player with more draft capital is likely to get more opportunities to prove that they were worth uh, the draft investment that the team put into them. I will say, Obviously, Sutton does fit the mold of what we believe a uh, of what we believe a wide receiver one should look like, and that probably at the end of the day uh, matters more for their fantasy football impact because the best case scenario for Deshaun Hamilton, even if Manny Sanders is injured, is probably something like 80 receptions, 950 yards, and five touchdowns. With Joe Flacco being the quarterback, you know, really you do need an elite quarterback to elevate those sort of slot wide receivers. And, you know, Sutton, he was disappointing last year, but a lot of the hype around him has been pretty good. He worked with Anquan Bolden over the offseason. Vic Fangio said that the Broncos are expecting big things. I think I said Sutton was a first-round draft pick. He was not. He was a 40th overall draft pick, so pretty close to it. And Sutton... I, for for his part, he has said the right things. He said that he wants to work with Joe Flacco. He said he's ready to uh, take the opportunity that the injury to Manny Sanders is going to provide and also the removal of Demarius Thomas from the team. So now a little bit on Manny Sanders. I'm just not drafting him, right? Guys who come back from Achilles injuries, they are just very unlikely to produce like, them, like their former selves. And the quarterback situation is not great. So I would rather uh, either not invest or invest in young younger guys and he's not on the active PUP list to start camp, but he's not going full-time. I just don't know if he's going to be ready for week one. And also, a huge thing that happens with guys who come back from the Achilles injury is they leave themselves open to uh, a recurrence of that in future. So it's sort of a zero-sum game between Sanders and Hamilton because they are going to play that. They're obviously going to alternate that interior role, and it's possible that Sanders starts the season with that job, but I just think over the long term, it's seems like Hamilton is more likely to win that job out just because he's likely more likely to be healthy. The other rotational guys that they have, Tim Patrick, River Crackraft, and then they have a ton of UDFA guys, a ton of training camp bodies, uh, Juwan Winfrey, Fred Brown, Kelvin McKnight. None of these guys are likely to have any fantasy value, so you know we're not going to spend time talking about them. The tight end position, uh, the Broncos made a big investment in Noah Font, a guy who I would be big on buying in Dynasty Fantasy Football and a guy that I am not big draft fantasy football. Rookie tight ends are just very unlikely to have an impact in their rookie season. Uh, Fant might have like a couple 
interesting games later on in the season. He might have a couple big best ball games here and there. But uh, and and we love his athletic profile, right? Uh, he destroyed the forty at uh, four set four point five seconds, uh, thirty nine and a half inch vertical, a three cone time of six point eight six point eight one. Uh, had an eighty inch wingspan. So this guy is just like a tight end built in a lab. However, his college teammate outproduced him their final season there. TJ Hawkinson was also drafted in the first round, but I mean, there's just not a ton there that you're going to be interested in drafting this year. I, I don't even think it would be impossible for Troy Fumagalli or Jeff Hireman to be playing over him at the start because tight end is a hard position to learn as a rookie. And, uh, yeah, there's not there's not much here, guys. Like, Noah Font is going to play. Jeff Hireman's going to play. Troy Fumagalli's going to play. But the only time that you're going to be considering them for fantasy football is going to be uh, showdown slates on DraftKings. So that is going to do it for our Denver Broncos fantasy football preview. Uh, just, you know, overall... Not a ton to get super excited about here. I do like the idea of Freeman sort of in that 8th, ninth, 10th round range. Uh, I do like Deshaun Hamilton and Cortland Sutton as sort of upside guys. They are being drafted a little bit later, and there's a decent chance that one or both of them has passable fantasy football seasons, but not a team that we are going to be wanting to over-invest in. Make sure to check out rotoexperts.com and our NFL 365 package for the best projections, rankings, premium content, best ball tools, guide to winning best ball leagues and guide to zero RB drafting. And you can get 10% off of that package using the promo code MATIC. Uh, M-A- Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. 